So I'm super glad to see you guys. I missed some of y'all last week if you weren't here because of spring break. Um, and so tonight we're not doing worship. We're going to jump right into uh, the message, into the content. So, uh, so we are finishing out our series that we have been in called Iconic. And over the past several weeks, we've been looking at the names of Jesus. And what we've said is that every name given to Jesus, every name even given to us in the Bible, that it's given intentionally, it's given purposely. And what we saw last week was that we saw that there were, there were moments in the book of John where Jesus' divinity was pointed to. Because what we know is that Jesus is 100% man, but he's also 100% God. And what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to look at one of the greatest moments for us and one of the greatest moments for Jesus. And so tonight, we're going to look at the resurrection. So as many of you may know, uh, we're in the middle of Holy Week. And typically when they say Holy Week, they mean the week leading up to uh, the death and burial of Jesus and the resurrection. And so we're smack dab in the middle. And so what I want the focus to be for us tonight, this is the first thing on your notes, is that how will you respond to the resurrection of Jesus? And that's the focus that I, that I want us to have tonight because we all know the story. There's been movies, there's been TV shows, there's been uh, just so much stuff put out that even for someone who has never stepped inside of a church, they know the story of Jesus. For the ones that have never had a conversation about Jesus, they know about his death and resurrection. So what I want us to focus on tonight is how will you respond to that? Because most of you all know the story. You've heard the story. You've seen the story. But how will you respond to that? And what we're going to see tonight is we're going to see three different responses from three different people who came face to face with the empty tomb. So if you're on the Bible crew tonight, uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and start grabbing Bibles, passing them out to people. Uh, and get, let me get some, uh, a few extras to help them out. You three right here. Perfect. So they're going to be passing out some Bibles for you guys. So we want you to see the Word of God. We want you to experience the Word of God just as much um, as we do. So once you get your Bible, make your way to, to John chapter 20. Because again, we're going to focus on how will you respond to the resurrection? Because we know that it happens. We know that it, that it was a fact of nature. We know that. So how will you respond to that? So again, once you get your Bible, go ahead and make your way to, to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And if you're uh, joining us online, find yourself a Bible as well, because we want you to see this for yourselves. And so on we're going to be in John chapter 20, and what we're going to see is the moment after the resurrection. We're going to see the moment after and how people responded to that. So before we get into their responses, before we get into uh, these three people and how they responded to the resurrection, we have to realize something. The resurrection, and that's how you know, the resurrection is the ultimate place of victory and hope. That if you want a picture of victory, a picture of hope, look to the resurrection. 
And the reason we can say that is because Jesus did what no one else has ever done. Jesus did what no one else will ever do. Because there's different religions, there's different uh, gods, there's different uh, holy figures, but there is no figure out there who has done what Jesus can do, or what Jesus did do. So the resurrection is, a, is, is the ultimate place of victory, but not only is it the ultimate place of victory, but it's also the ultimate place of hope. Because what we know is that if Jesus can overcome the grave, then there is nothing he can overcome. There is no experience that we go through that he can't help us rise above. Because whatever our stuff is, and we all have stuff, whatever our story is, it is uncomparable to overcoming death. So the resurrection, if we're going to talk about this, if, if, if we're going to spend time looking at how people responded to that, we have to understand that the resurrection is the ultimate place of victory and hope. Because you can go to other places, to other people to find hope. You can find hope in money. You can find hope in status. You can find hope in, in uh, accolades. You can find hope in, in, in stats and accomplishments. But all those things don't matter compared to Jesus. All those things are going to fade one day because there's going to be someone who outscores your score one day. There's going to be someone who outscores or, or, or who outdoes you with whatever record you have. Whatever stat you have, there will be someone who will do better one day. Because at some point, you will be forgotten about. At some point, someone will come and do more than you did. But there is nothing, there is no one, there's no one that can outdo Jesus. And so we're gonna, so what we're going to see tonight is how three different people responded to the resurrection. And it's really interesting to think about that all the moments that Jesus reappeared to his disciples or to his family, if you look, no one immediately recognized him. When Jesus appeared to the disciples on the boat, they didn't recognize who he was. When Jesus appeared to the women at the tomb, they didn't know who he was. They, they, they thought he was a gardener. So it's really interesting to see that, that after the resurrection, there was something so different about Jesus that he became unrecognizable at first. So let's spend time with three people and, and look at three responses from three people. So person number one, person number one who we're going to be spending time with is Mary Magdalene. So Mary Magdalene is, 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 is person number one for our time tonight. So Jesus, so, so Mary, she was someone who was radically changed by Jesus. If you remember last week, we said that every person who heard a word, who saw Jesus act, who was even in the presence of Jesus, they were radically changed, that their life went in a completely different direction because of who Jesus was. And Mary was someone just like that. If you go to Luke chapter 8, you'll see that she is referred to the woman who Jesus cast spirits out of. So she was possessed. She was uh, a slave to Satan, to his ways, and then Jesus freed her of that. So, Jesus, so she was radically changed. But she was also the first person to the empty tomb. She was the first person to see the empty tomb. 
So go to John chapter 20, verse 1. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So it's dark. She's walking up to the tomb and sees that the stone is gone. Now back then they put a giant stone that not even you could lift by yourself in front of the tomb to prevent people from coming back and taking the body. So, so, so Mary's walking up and she sees, being the first one there, that the, that the stone is rolled away. Now if you go down to verse 11, and I would encourage you to go there after tonight, but if you go down to verse 11, and if you look, and if, if, if you were to go and see Matthew 28 and Mark 16, you would see that when Mary gets to the tomb, she's told to go and tell. Angels, Jesus, they tell her, hey, go tell my followers, go tell my disciples what you have seen. And so response number one, remember I said three people with their responses? Response number one is go and tell. That when Mary encountered the resurrection, her response was to go and tell. Check out verse 2 of John 20. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So when when the Bible talks about the disciple whom Jesus loved, they're talking about John. And so Mary sees the empty tomb, she sees the resurrection, and she goes and tells. Now let's assume that every single person in this room, when you encounter the resurrection, you'll go and tell. Let's just assume. Now what we know is that there will be people who pass from this earth who never accept Jesus. We know that. Now that's not an excuse for you not to try, but that's the truth. There will be some people who will never, ever, 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 ever accept Jesus as their Savior. But let's assume... Let's assume for just this moment that every single person on this planet saw the resurrection or they, they heard about it and they accepted it. Because what we know is that uh, Easter and Christmas are one of the most attended times in church uh, attendance. You know why? Because everyone knows that on Easter and Christmas, for whatever reason, we're going to church. So that's why churches put so much effort into Easter and Christmas because they know that for whatever reason... Whether it's grandma just begging kids to come or mom just begging kids to come, that Easter is one of the most attended services in churches. So people know about the resurrection. The resurrection is nothing new. Like I said, there's been movies, there's been uh, TV shows about it. So let's assume that everybody accepts the resurrection. Let's, 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 let's assume that everybody accepts Jesus. So what we're going to see in these next two people is that they're going to have some responses that are dependent on them accepting the resurrection. Because again, there's going to be people who pass who never accept Jesus in the resurrection. So person number two that we're going to spend time with tonight is, is John. So person number two is John. And yes, it's the same John who wrote this book. So person number two is John. So just like Mary, John was radically changed by Jesus. If you look at the story, if you go over to Matthew chapter 4, 
verses 21 and 22 in Mark chapter 1, you'll see that, that, that Peter, or sorry, that, that John was fishing. Jesus came along and said, hey, stop fishing for, for, for fish and let's go fish for people. So in other words, he went from fishing to changing the world. So he was radically changed. He went from fishing to changing the world. And in this moment, he was the second person to see the empty tomb. So first Mary saw it, and then John saw it. John, he was the second person to see the empty tomb. Check out verse 4 of John 20. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So these two disciples, they're running, and John outruns Peter. So when John gets there, when John gets to the tomb first, he experiences something. John, John encountered hesitation. So when John got to the tomb, got to the empty tomb, he encountered hesitation. Go back to verse 5. He bent over, talking about John, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Now, we don't know why he didn't go in. Maybe he didn't want to go in because he didn't want to defile himself or the grave, because what they believed back then was that you could defile a grave and defile a person. So we don't know why he didn't go in. But we do know there was some hesitation there. And... When you decide to go and tell someone about Jesus or about the resurrection or about God, you could have some hesitation. And what I'm going to assume is that everyone in this room at one point has experienced that, right? Like you see someone like, man, they need Jesus so bad. And you start to work yourself up. Like, okay, this is the day. This is the day that I'm going to tell them about Jesus. You start walking towards him and every step you take, gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And all of a sudden, you're walking the opposite direction. And for whatever reason, you are hesitating. Because there's even some people that I believe that are in your life right now, that you, and, and, and you know this, that you know need Jesus. And you know that you're the one that's supposed to talk to them about Jesus. You know, okay, God is placing them on my heart. God is placing them in my spirit because I am the one who's supposed to talk to them about Jesus. But you're still hesitant. Listen, that happens to every single person. It happens to me happens to every single adult in here. And so John encountered hesitation. We don't know why. But when it came to experiencing and responding to the resurrection, because again, before this moment, Jesus said several times, hey, this is what's going to happen. Like Jesus told them, hey, by the way, when I die, I'm not going to stay dead. Like he told them several times, hey, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be resurrected. So he, he told them. But what we know is that when we are seeing something extreme or we're seeing something that we would even say traumatic, because Mary, the person from before, she was not only the first one to the tomb, but she was front row and center to seeing Jesus die. She was right there in the front of the cross seeing everything happen. So when we see traumatic things, we often forget the things that we know, right? That when you get overwhelmed, all the things that you know beforehand all of a sudden go outside the window. And so John encountered hesitation. 
So that's response number two, hesitation. Response number two, hesitation. So we've seen Mary who showed us go and tell. And we've seen John who has showed us hesitation. So let's spend time with with person number three, Peter. So person number three for our conversation tonight is Peter. So again, just like John, just like Mary, Peter was also radically changed by Jesus. Because again, anything that Jesus is a part of, if you are a part of that moment, you will be changed radically. So just like John, Peter was a fisher. That was his living. Jesus walked up, said, hey, just come follow me. And Peter left everything. Like, Can you imagine someone coming to you and saying, hey, um, I want you to come follow me and I want you to leave everything. Leave your friends, leave your family, leave everything you know to backpack across who knows where. Most of us are going to be a little hesitant on that, right? Because we, we like to be comfortable. So the thought of leaving what we know terrifies us. So Jesus came to Peter and said, hey, instead of fish, let's go change the world. Because as you know, Peter and John were both part of the disciples. And what you also know is that the disciples, they had front row seats to what Jesus did, right? They traveled with him for three years, saw everything he did, had intimate conversations with him, had personal conversations with him. And what we also know is that after Jesus left, after he ascended up to heaven, that the disciples continued to carry and proclaim the name of Jesus. So we know that, that just like John, Peter was changing the world. And Peter was the third person to see the empty tomb. Peter was the third person to see the empty tomb. The sixth chapter of, 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 or the sixth verse of chapter 20 of John, the first part of verse six, says, And Simon Peter came along behind him. So we see Peter, he's outrun, just like I outrun you all in basketball. Or you outrun me in basketball because I'm old. And I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) So John outruns Peter. Peter finally gets there. And Peter encounters something completely different than John. Peter encounters eagerness. Again, Peter encounters eagerness. Because once he gets there, the other part of verse 6, and Simon Peter came along, came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. So Peter gets there. He sees the empty tomb and just darts in. Again, we don't know why. We don't know why there was a difference between Peter and John. We don't. And we can sit here and we can try to assume or guess that we know. But we do know that, that John was hesitant and Peter was eager. Now when Peter got there, he he darted in to see where Jesus was. And I have to believe that part of the reason why he was so eager to get in there, because all he could think about was Jesus. All he could feel about was Jesus. 
And so those are our three responses. And again, you know, we could say there's probably more, but in our, in our story tonight, in our, in, in our narrative tonight, we saw Mary who was told to go and tell and she did. You have John who hesitated there because John eventually goes in. Once Peter gets there, I guess John decides, hey, he's in there, so might as well go in there, right? So John eventually goes in, but he's hesitant, and then Peter just dives in. So I want to bring that question back up that I asked you in the very beginning. How will you respond to the resurrection of Jesus? Just seriously think about that for, for a moment. Because all of you know the story. All of you know what happened. All of you know that Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. He came back. What are you going to do with that? Maybe for you, this Easter, the way you're going to respond is to invite someone to church. Because again, this is one of the most heavily attended Sundays in the church is Easter. So maybe for you, it's inviting someone to come to church. Maybe for you, it's having a conversation about Jesus. Because the joys of Easter being on Sunday, that's a real easy conversation starter. <laughs> you can say, hey, do you know, do you know what, what Sunday is? Well, yeah, it's Easter. Hey, can I tell you why I love Easter? Because we can tell people that we love everything, right? We can tell them that we love sports, we love cars, we love having a job, we love our friends, we love our family. So why can't we talk about Jesus just as much? Listen, I'm, 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 I'm guilty of it, okay? I'm guilty of it too. I don't spend enough time talking about Jesus. So how are you going to respond this Easter? Maybe in the past, Easter has just been another Sunday, except you have nice, nice clothes on because apparently, you know, family photos and all that and matching outfits for families. Um, which we, we will have a photo booth here at church on Sunday for those awkward family photos. So we will, we will support you in that. Maybe for you, years past, Easter has been another Sunday. Get up a little earlier, dress a little nicer, go to church, go to somebody's house for dinner, and then day's over and it's, and it's Monday. So maybe for you, this year, you're going to respond differently. Because honestly, if, there, if, if, if you're here and, and, and you're a Christian, can I tell you that the, uh, the day that you should be most excited about is Easter? You know why? Because without Easter, we would have nothing. Because if Jesus came and lived and died and that was it, there's nothing different between him and, any, and, and anyone else. So Easter should be a pretty exciting holiday for you if you're a Christian. Like we, should, we should get like crazy excited about Easter if you're a Christian. So how are you going to respond to the resurrection this year? What's going to be different for you? Whether it be an internal different response or an external um, different response. 